your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets the snap, puts it in the belly of Wandale around the left side. He's got a first down, 35 30. Wandale, 25 20, 15 10, 5. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Well, some days are like an avalanche in the sports world. Lots of news, lots of things to talk about. That's Today's one of those days where we just have a bunch to get through after Scott Frost lit the torch at a press conference earlier today. This was one that was set last week to kind of get the fall camp going. Nebraska started practices on Friday, had one Saturday, took yesterday off, had one today. So today we thought going into the weekend was going to be about how they look, how's the spirit man, what kind of competition you got at this spot. But then the weekend came and all kinds of rumblings that the Big Ten was done. They were pulling out reports even around the midday today that the Big Ten had voted to postpone the college football season, which apparently was not accurate. I mean, how many times have guys done that over the last – in just all the sports? I mean – Major League Baseball, the NBA, I mean, my gosh, do people not care about their reputations before they go out and blow some headline out the door that this is shut down, that's done, and then they have to go back and do they ever apologize? Do they ever go, eh, missed that one, didn't have that one right, or do they wait till maybe a week or two later and then it's true and then they go, I told you two weeks ago that I called this thing off, but... I'm talking about uh, Chris Soleri from the Detroit Free Press who banged the season back at noon today. Big Ten officials came out late in the afternoon and says, no, we have not taken a vote. Uh, but Scott Frost press conference at 1.30, and he came out, talk, made his case uh, to uh, that football is the safest place for these guys to be. Uh, and then the bombshell that Tim played for you in the ticker, that if the Big Ten says we're done, then Nebraska is going to try to find some other people to play. This fall, I mean, it was it was fascinating theater to watch, Ben. And uh, I'm quite frankly, I'm very proud of the head coach. I thought he did a very good job of articulating a pretty logical way of thinking about how to approach this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you know a lot of things stand out to me. Number one, I was I was happy and proud that he um, that he stuck with his press conference today. It would have been very easy on a day like today to just bang it, to just punt it away and say this isn't the time uh, or the place uh, to face tough questions from Nebraska's media who you know are going to poke and prod the head coach to get every you know ounce of information they can out of him. So first of all, kudos to him for just standing up and, and speaking. I thought his opening statement was very well, well thought out. You could tell this has been something that he's thinking about for a long time. And, you know, he didn't just kind of spew stuff off the top of his head. Um, it was pretty clear that, you know, there was a stance. There was a stance taken. It was, it was um, you know, based upon the opinions of not only his players, his fellow coaches, but the administration. So there was a lot of – it wasn't just Scott Frost voicing his opinion on it. It was uh, this is how we feel as a program, as a university. It was a unified stance, which I think is important, you know, from the top all the way down. Um, so there were a lot of things in there that, that I appreciated and, and love to hear. Uh, obviously the big, the big news was, as you said, Nebraska, you know, they want to play a big 10 schedule, but if it means they're playing football and it's not big 10 included, they're going to look at every option possible. I think that was probably the biggest thing that came out. A lot of national people got a hold of our clip that we posted on Twitter today and, and sounded off on that. And, 
I wanted to make sure to read some of the comments from, you know, fans outside of Nebraska. And I think the biggest criticism, um, you know, that there, there, there was critis- a fair amount of criticism that Scott Frost received about this from people that, you know, tend to, tend to be more on the air on the side of caution with this virus, which isn't surprising. I think I expected to see some of that. But, Greg, I, I want to understand for those people that are criticizing Scott Frost and Nebraska's stance on this, why is it okay for student athletes or other people around the country to voice their opinion and it's important for everybody to hear it and respect it? But the second that Scott Frost at Nebraska wants to voice his opinion and what he believes in and what his university believes in, it then becomes automatically okay to criticize somebody's opinion and just shoot it down. That 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 disparity I, I, I don't understand is – if we're really as a society opening our ears to people's opinions and what and what matters, then then I don't think you know Scott Frost should be facing criticism from national media or you know even fans alike. You can disagree all you want, but to come out and just you know crucify somebody for voicing their opinion that that part I don't get. And and I I, I too I feel very proud to be a part of Nebraska today because you know there there have been. Uh, a lot of people outside of Nebraska that would would use the reputation, the adjective soft to describe our program, that's definitely not how it came across today. And I think that to, to the, the faster you can shed that reputation, the better. And when you haven't made a bowl game in so many years, people are going to say what they're going to say. But this was a big stance today from the head coach. He planted his flag in the ground, and I was happy to to sit there and listen to that and, and then obviously to listen to his student athletes, the football players today following that. Um, it's clear that they're, they're all united and they're all fighting for the same cause. I think in a lot of places, Greg, you've got people that aren't unified, and you've got some that are for, some that are against, and kind of pulling each other around. That's not the case here in Lincoln, and, and that's what I appreciate the most is everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants to get this done, and, you know, joke or not to other people, Nebraska's one of those few teams that are willing to, to use their voice and step up and say, we want to play. And they were accompanied by James Franklin from Penn State today, Ryan Day from Ohio State today, and, yes, even Jim Harbaugh, for as much fun as we poke at him, he's, he stood up for his players today probably against the wishes of his uh, president and athletic director, but he was willing to go on a limb for players, and so were some of the other Big Ten giants, and and that was awesome to see. Yeah, it sure was. You're right. I was going to point out that to back up your point about a lot of schools aren't on the same page. Michigan and Ohio State are two of them right there because I don't think their school presidents slash chancellors want this to go on. The head football coaches do, and they are pushing back a little bit here. Scott Frost, you talked about uh, the passion that he brought to it, he did. He had, His voice cracked a couple of times with emotion as he went through his opening statement. We're going to play a good chunk here of his opening statement. It's about almost three minutes long, but it's uh, for folks who didn't get a chance to hear it earlier today. I want you to just to get a snippet. As he, he talked for 10 minutes before he fir- took his first question of a press conference. It went about 30 minutes for him. So here's, here's a good snippet about him laying out the reasons why he thinks it's important for these athletes to play. Uh, afternoon, everybody. Um, we've been kind of intentionally quiet as we've been trying to deal with this, but I think it's time uh, to kind of be a little more upfront about how we feel with a lot of things. I want to start out by saying how proud I am uh, to be representing the University of Nebraska, the city of Lincoln, and the state of Nebraska in my job. Uh, I can't imagine being anywhere 
and representing people that I care about more than the job that I'm in right now. Um, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of things swirling right now with what's going to happen. I wish I had all the answers. I don't. Um, I have a group of players that I love, every single one of them. Um, I ask them to fight for us all the time, to fight on the football field all the time. Uh, I think it, at sometimes the the head coach, head coach's responsibility is to fight for what they want to. Um, our football players want to play. Uh, the coaches want to coach. We want to play football this year at the University of Nebraska. Um, you know, from the beginning of this, we've respected the virus, leaned on the help of the medical experts that we've had access to, a great partnership with UNMC and people that know a lot about this. Um, we, we've leaned on their expertise, leaned on their guidance. Um, our players feel safe. They feel taken care of. Uh, and they want to play. I think what's kind of being missed in a lot of these conversations is what the world looks like, what universities look like, and what the lives of our kids look like if we don't play football. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. Um, but what does the world look like without football? You know, a lot of people around the country are going to point to the fact that all these decisions are going to be financial. Uh, let's skip past that for a second. Let's skip past the fact that the University of Nebraska Athletic Department will lose 80 to $120 million if we don't play football. Uh, the city of Lincoln will lose upwards of $300 million if we don't play football, and the state of Nebraska will lose hundreds of millions of dollars if we don't play football. Let's skip past the fact that a lot of people are going to be laid off, furloughs, lose jobs, and their kids um, aren't going to be able to have the same things that they have right now while their mom and dad are working. Uh, let's skip past the fact that a lot of schools are going to have to drop sports and some sports may never exist again. Let's take the financial piece completely out of it. Right from the beginning, our priority has been the health and safety uh, of our student athletes. Nothing's been more important. Winning or losing any game doesn't matter as much to us as the health and safety of these kids that we care about and love that are playing for us and for the state of Nebraska every week. And he went on to say, Ben, that, you know, kind of, and again, it was a long statement, so we really didn't want to get into it all. But he, he said, let's look at the ramifications if we don't play beyond what he laid out there about financial things. How many of these kids stay in school if you take football away from them? There are going to be some that just leave, that go back home and don't have the care around them. Uh, they don't have the motivation. Now, we all would like to think that they're here students first athletes second some of them absolutely that's right some of them that's not the way that's not the way it is it's not they're not here for that and you can argue right or wrong for that but if kids drop out of school go back to their hometowns they've lost their motivation for life then they buy then they fight drug abuse alcohol abuse mental health issues which are exploding around this country right now and nobody's talking about that because it doesn't fit the agenda of the day. So he, he, he laid out a really good roadmap of what happens if we don't to these student-athletes, and that's not being talked about. Everybody's talking about the upfront story, not what happens at the back end. Yeah, and I want to touch a little bit on um, about the, the idea of, of the players and, and really kind of their mental state when they get here. I, I've covered enough players to know now the – the average transgression, the the mental maturity of of these players when they get here, 
And I would say there are, there are always outliers. There are always a few that come here with the, the intention of graduating, uh, quickly, efficiently know exactly what they want to do, what their life will look like outside of football. There are, there are players that, that have that when they get here. But I would say the overwhelming majority of the players that I talk to, and it's always funny because this always comes up, Greg, the, their senior year, when we do senior features, when, we do, when I do all those senior conversations, to a man, we always talk about what they were like when they were freshmen when they got here. And, and all of them go through that process, most of them at different times. But I would say most, more times than not, it's their junior or even their senior year. And the Kate, let's just use Lamar Jackson as an example. His was more halfway through his junior season, but you could really see it in the offseason after his junior season. That's when they appreciate all of the opportunity that they're given at Nebraska, meaning getting an education, valuing what that opportunity in Lincoln meant more than just on the football field. And so right now there are a lot of players on Nebraska's team that maybe haven't quite realized that yet and aren't quite to that mature headspace just yet. And, and it, it comes with time. It comes with being around older people. It comes around being uh, around captains. It comes with, um, you know, just putting in your time and getting older and more mature as a person. And that's no knock as, as to what type of character they have. That's just the reality of the situation. We were all freshmen in college or seniors in high school once. We know what it was like and really how you felt at it by the time that you graduated college. I, I bet most people listening were completely different people when the time that they were 18, 17, 18, 19 than they were when they were 21, 22, 23. There's, there's kind of that step that happens. And, and if you take that opportunity away from a lot of these guys that haven't reached that yet, I think there's the misconception that Nebraska is just recruiting kids of bad character. I bet that's where it's what it's like at most places. Just just the gradual maturity of a young man or even a young woman that comes with the older that you get, the more you're around, you know, captains and and people that that of the role model type. And I could I could sit here and probably rattle off 30 examples just off the top of my head of players that that's probably the thing that they're most proud of more than any interception, any school record, any, anything. That's the thing that they're most proud of. And one of them I still talk to, to this day and Josh Mitchell. I mean, that's a young man who now has a wife. He's got a baby on the way and he will be the first one to tell you how big of a punk he was when he was a freshman. And he grew into be a team captain and now has started his own business. He's um, living out in California and he, he admits he never saw that for himself when he first got to campus. And there are countless examples. And so this is important. This is important for not just the football aspect, but for the life skills, the academic support, I think, is, is a huge thing for these players. To, to be held accountable other than just holding yourself accountable is so big, especially early on in their careers. And I don't know that uh, – and I'm glad Coach Frost talked about that today because – I'm lucky, you're lucky, everybody that, that is around our broadcast team is lucky because we get to see it firsthand. And unfortunately, a lot of the fans don't. They get what we report, they get our interviews, they don't get that, that chance to, to see their growth with their own eyes, but it's there and it's real. And it does worry me what would happen to some of these kids, especially the freshmen, when you take that opportunity away from them, where will they go and what will they do? 
Yeah, and that and he went into a long, detailed answer about that. So I'm glad we were able to to cover that. Okay, now to the the, the money quote of the 30 minutes, and Tim had it in the ticker. Is that Coach Frost said if the Big Ten says no, we're not we're not just going to lay down. We are going to try to find football. Here here it is again. We want to play a Big Ten schedule. Um, I think our university is committed to playing football any way that we possibly can, um, regardless of what anybody else does. And look forward to the opportunity to let our guys get on the field and show the progress that they've made in a safe environment. That, that, was, the, that was the wow moment, and that was the one that has grabbed all kinds of headlines around the country. Here he expands on that about how, how do you go about pursuing other games if the Big Ten does cancel. I don't want to speak for the Big Ten. Um, seems like we're looking for a lot of reasons to not play right now. And, and certainly, again, uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert on any of this. I can only listen to what experts have to say. Um, we have to do what they tell us in order to keep our kids safe. Just having the limited experience that I have in, in dealing with our team since they've been back, um, I fully believe that, that we can pull this off in a, in a way that's safe for our student athletes and we'll continue to. Um, I don't know what's changed in the last week or so. Um, we've kind of felt like we're at a position where we either have to make some hard decisions right now or there'll be a lot harder to, decisions to make down the road. And I, I think the people at the University of Nebraska are committed to playing. So there you go. He, he, and again, he's not speaking by himself. I think he has the full backing of the administration of Nebraska. And the Board of Regents has come out this afternoon and says, absolutely, we, have, we fully support the athletic department if they want to pursue playing some games outside the Big Ten if that is the course of action that the league decides to take. Sports Highly Hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. We do have a Twitter poll up at Husker Sports. Do you feel it is safe to have a college football season this fall? Yes or no? It's our run to Twitter poll. Heavy favorites, 88% say yes so far. Almost 500 votes in the first 15 minutes of that poll. So go on Twitter and put that out there. 531-500-4686, our number to join us. Let's head to the phones. Let's go to Waterloo and Patrick. Good evening, Patrick. Welcome to Sports Nightly. Hi, thanks for having me on. Um, I think Scott really hit the nail on the head with his comments today at the press conference, and I really applaud him and the university it really takes a lot of guts to come out and say something like that during a pandemic. But I guess my main question is, um, if the Big Ten decides to cancel the season, do you see Nebraska possibly going back to the Big 12 for a year and trying to make a schedule out of that? And um, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. And out of your opinion, who would if the Big Ten doesn't let us play the season? Who would you like to see us play? You know, who would would be some teams you'd like to see Nebraska kind of square off against? All right. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, You know, I think the Big 12's kind of locked in what they're doing. I don't know if they've got any openings on some of their schedules. They're all trying to figure it out. They're going to play one non-conference game each. And I think there may be some teams that don't quite have that that hole filled. So I think some Big 12 schools might be a possibility for Nebraska. But I don't think they would go as a full-fledged member. 
Uh, but I think they would definitely talk to the, that's one league that right now looks like they're still going to go. So is the SEC, so is the ACC. The Mountain West did pull the plug um, earlier this afternoon that Mountain West has said they're going to be out. That would have been an option to get some of those teams out there too. But uh, certainly I think you, and I think teams I'd like to see, yeah, some of those old big eight teams would be, would be fun to go match up with again. How about you? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the case. I, I I agree. I don't know that it's just as simple as sliding them into a conference. Yeah. I don't think you can you can do that. I see it more as an independent. It might even be a situation where they not get might not get all twelve games. You know, it might yeah. it might only get a few, based on all the scheduling restrictions around the country. And the other thing that's going to make this difficult, if hypothetically Nebraska were to go rogue, for lack of a better word, if these other leagues keep keep banging football those are all opponents that are taken off the the table for nebraska to play like a mountain west if you want to go play colorado state or unlv or or somebody of boise state somebody of those of that caliber air force all those schools are starting to get taken off the table and you know you're starting to see more and more conferences i think all the the major conferences at least for now have have put in front you know what what they're allowed to do and best case scenario nebraska is a school's plus one you know where they're they're having to uh you know spend their one game on playing against nebraska i don't know how many um how many teams will want to do that but i know nebraska will be looking for every opportunity and the other thing that that makes this interesting i think there are, to me there are two big questions to be answered um when it comes to this if nebraska were to go play outside of the big 10 number one what type of penalties would Nebraska be facing or what type of sanction would be lifted from the league to get Nebraska to be able to practice with pads on? That's something that that has to happen for this team to be able to go compete on Saturdays is, you know, they have to lift that day two stipulation where you can only practice in helmet and shoulder pads. The other thing that's interesting, and I think it's all speculation at this point, but it's something that I've been kicking around in my head is – what would the Big Ten reaction be if some, if not just Nebraska, but other teams were to do that? Would would there be threatening involved? Would they withhold TV money? You know, with all this, was it is it something that you know, like a public reprimand to make because it makes the Big Ten look bad? If Nebraska, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State were going to go play somewhere else, that that looks horrible for the league office. So I can't imagine the Big Ten and Kevin World will just sit on their hands and let it happen. So. I'm interested in those two things. What would what would what would come of it of the Big Ten, and they would have to lift this practice only in shells mentality. Let's go to uh, back to the phones. Curtis in Plainview. Hello, Curtis. Welcome. Hey, doing well. You pretty much hit the money on the head with the money part. Um, Going to say the same thing. I I, I think they, the Big Ten would see it as uh, getting thumbed in the nose. You know, if they let Nebraska go do that, and then if Ohio State and Michigan can't do whatever, it's going to put a black eye on the Big Ten. And where where is this money going to come from to pay all these smaller schools? It, it, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Big Ten is not going to let it happen. Well, how do you stop them? If, you just, if you're saying you're not going to play and you have a school that wants to play, what, what stands do you have to prevent a team from going and playing? Well, it's kind of like um, you're part of a conference. You're you're part of an alliance. One right. out. Who's to say not, they don't get the boot? At that to point, me, the to me the op- a lot of money from the Big Ten. 
Uh, thanks, Curtis. Appreciate the call. To me, the opposite's the worst. If, if they say we're playing Big Ten football and Rutgers goes, we can't play. That's a lot worse. You, you're opting out, not opting in or whatever. So, I mean, if, they, if they're not going to sanction a sport, you want to have a sport, I, I don't know how they can prevent you from doing that. I mean, Big Ten doesn't have bowling, but we have a bowling squad, right? I mean, we're the only Big Ten team with a bowling squad. It, it's allowed to compete. I, I don't know how they – how they can prevent you. Uh, let's work in one more caller before we head to the break. Let's go to uh, Omaha and Andy. Hello, Andy. Welcome to Sports Nightly. Hi, right, Jameson and Council Bluffs up next. Hello, Jameson. Hey, Greg. Um, real quick. I'll try to be less a stranger uh, later on. But anyhow, I love Coach Frost's attitude and uh, comments there. We begin the press conference today. I don't understand how both Michigan House and Nebraska coaches, staffs, ADs, so one way of trying to get football, we'll keep playing. The uh, president saying we're going a different route. Do you understand why the message and disagreement there? Uh, both the ADs, coaches, and presidents there, which are big, big key things I think should be streamlined there. And also, you know, money wise, you know, it's a big time deal. And also, just wondering, you know, um, they try the press trying to do uh, schedule, you know, points, everything is there. Question. So all right now, just seems like. Uh, coach ball all, all across the country is a big mess because the power of five do not have a common goal or process. They won't get to deal with this issue of the virus and everything that we're dealing with, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the power fives, I, I think, have kind of started to pull a little bit of a power play over the rest of the country saying, well, we're big enough. Thanks, James. Appreciate the call. We're big enough to, uh, to get to do our own thing if we have to. Now, back to, to uh, Curtis's point ben nebraska's position certainly would be strengthened if a couple more teams in the league say yeah we're gonna do the yes. same thing nebraska is and all of a sudden what are you gonna do you're gonna tell ohio state nebraska michigan you can't go do that i mean you think that's gonna work really well yeah and then and then i think it's just you know it, it becomes a legal matter you know what legally are they allowed to do and um i don't understand that i i, I don't know enough about you know interconference wordings um agreements you know all of that I, I don't necessarily know what what type of you know handshake you agree on when you go to a new conference this is absolutely unprecedented in our time and it's not like Nebraska Ohio State or whoever whoever the school is once out of the Big Ten they just want to play football and so I I don't know that um, I mean there are other plenty of other examples that that schools that do that type of thing Arizona State and hockey you know they're yeah they, 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 there's no Pac-12 in hockey but you know this is just so unprecedented I I don't know how the Big Ten handles it or what they're allowed to do I mean maybe it's just a public shaming maybe it is maybe it is that maybe it's just you know they look I don't know what it is and I don't know what the cost is but um, that's not going to stop these teams from from looking out and and trying to explore more options I can tell you that great point on Arizona that's a perfect Example: Arizona State's conference doesn't have hockey, so they go to a league that does. I mean, I, it, there's going to be precedents out there for this. Notre Dame making their alliance with the ACC for this fall isn't that a precedence to go to this thing? I, I, I believe Nebraska has been working on this for a couple of weeks. I think they were reading the tea leaves that we were all following over the last couple of weeks. I don't think this is something Nebraska brewed up over the last 24 to 48 hours says well maybe we should do i think they've been mulling this over for several weeks all right andy in omaha is back with us welcome welcome andy to sports nightly hi thanks for taking my call guys uh one idea that i had about so if if we are determined to play football one way or the other 
if to try to stay in the good graces of the Big Ten, what if we played like an exhibition season, whether it's six, eight games against like, I don't know, Iowa State, Mountain West teams, what have you, if anybody else falls out. Uh, go Big Red. Thanks for taking my call. Bye. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. And, and that's a great point. The Mountain West, we brought that up a couple of times today, and I think that is a possibility what you just said there. I think Iowa State is looking for that plus one game right now for their thing. I think Kansas State's looking for their plus one game. But Air Force has kind of gone on record saying, we're still going to play Army and Navy. We're going to keep the Commanders and Chief Trophy thing going so okay mountain west you cancel we're still gonna play so there's another example of somebody whose league is shutting down air force is going well we're at least gonna play those two games we're gonna play army and navy and then maybe they're gonna look for some more so maybe they would be a, a possibility for that Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, back with you on a Monday night of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network, 531-500-4686, the number to join us on the phone or send us a text. I did get a text during the break, Ben. It says, if schools and conferences are canceling sports, are they also canceling campus classes? It's a great point. They're not. I mean, UNL students are moving in later this week. Some of the campuses already have students. I think Notre Dame started today. So these campuses are open for business, but they're shutting down sports. Yeah. I okay. You're putting people in dorms. You're jamming them in dormitories, but you're not going to uh, – uh, yeah, okay. And, and, I mean, that that part's obvious, but if that part wasn't obvious enough, you need to spell it out further. The football players are being tested multiple times per week. They're, you're not doing that in your dorm room. No. You know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Let's uh, stay in Lincoln. Russ, you're up next on Sports Alley. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Lifelong Husker fan. Worked in that stadium. This will be my seventh year, God willing, uh, up in the East, up in the 600 level. Just wanted to make a quick comment. Um, you know, we, we've been waiting 20 years around here to wonder what Nebraska football is all about and what kind of leadership we have, and I think we know today. This might be the quintessential moment we've been waiting for um, you know, he said all the right things about the safety and everything, but I think kids will take notice around the country now, and they've been wondering who the heck Nebraska is. I think they know who Nebraska is, and uh, they'll want to come play here, and they'll want to play for a coach that we're proud of, an administration that will back him and that we're proud of. And as the Peter Bo- Peter boys used to say, we're blank in Nebraska, and uh, and don't forget it. And uh, I just want to say I'm proud that Scott Frost is our coach. And, uh, you know, uh, it's about the safety, but I think it's about uh, taking a stand. And like you said, the kids are getting tested three times a week. That's better than if they go running around and not tested at all. So I think this is the moment we've been waiting for. And even though it's uh, in the face of a pandemic, I think it's what Nebraska is all about. We're tough. We're strong. We'll fight through anything, and we've got a coach that'll an administration that'll fight for us, and and the kids believe that, and they know that Scott Frost is their coach, and and hopefully more kids will see that across the country when I come here. So I just want to say, go Big Red, and uh, thanks a lot for taking my call. Call of the night, right there, Ben. Yeah, it's a great phone call. There's a lot. There's a lot in there too, and and that's another thing that I thought about to two today too Greg kind of in hindsight you think about how fractured this fan base was during the Mike Riley era I mean almost as fractured as where we are as a as a society right now politically that's that's what almost our fan base felt like you know you were either 
for Bo or against Bo. And, and that, that kind of drove a wedge between our fan base. And it feels, I thought about how good it felt today to be unified as, a, as an athletic department from all the way at the top to all the way down to see coaches tweet about it, to see players tweet about it, to see the media tweet about it. And of course, the Husker fans response, everybody for the most part is on the same page. And I just loved seeing that. I'm imagining what this pandemic would have been like at, during any of the Riley years or the last couple of years of Bo, how, how poisonous this atmosphere would be right now if, if it wasn't so unified. So I'm glad for that. I'm glad we've kind of united as a, as a, around this team again, and everybody's kind of on the same page. That makes me feel good. Ross, appreciate the call. I want to get another Frost clip in from his press conference earlier today. He was asked, what, what are your players saying to you? What, how much do, do they want to play? Here's the head coach. Our team's as close as I've seen it be. Our, our players' bigger, biggest concern in regards to play, not playing or playing this season is what happens to their eligibility, to be honest with you. Um, the guys don't want to waste a year of eligibility if we play a broken season, a two-game, three-game, four-game season where they're going to lose an opportunity to play for a whole year. That's been the biggest concern that I've heard from our players. So we're waiting to hear on eligibility decisions from the NCAA. Other than that, our team wants to play. Uh, we've had one guy or two um, since the cardiac issue has come up that's been concerned about that. Um, our university is committed to doing whatever we have to to give EKGs and cardiac MRIs and other things to make sure that the players are in the, the best health that they possibly can to play and they're not at risk. Um, we're, we're going to be able to try to address any way we can all of these issues and mitigate risk for our players. And, and our players have wanted to continue practice and play football. I think that's important too, Greg. It's not just, are you testing positive? This is the policy and this is how it's going to be. I think, I think, and Coach Frost even said this, the more you learn about the virus, the more you have to be willing to adapt to it and, and insert new protocols. And if it starts to affect other parts of the body, what are we doing to make sure that those parts of the body aren't affecting our players? And I think that was important today too. I think there are a lot of people out there that aren't even aware uh, that this is starting to bleed into the cardiac uh, part to the body to the heart and and now that you know it, it proves the point that they're they're doing more than just whatever to get by they are doing their due diligence they are looking into new breakthroughs and and new information on this and they're trying to get out in front of it and make sure it's not happening to their players so I think that gave a lot of credence to what he was saying about taking advice from medical professionals and not just kind of shooting from the hip I want to get one more clip in before we go to a break. Um, the coach, the, 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 the Big Ten on Saturday came out with an edict that said you cannot go to pads. Practice number three of the fall camp is supposed to be when you're able to put pads on and start doing some real hitting. And so that would have been today. Well, the Big Ten said, nope, you can't do that. Until we tell you further notice, you can't go to pads. The head coach was asked today, how soon could he have a team ready to play a game? Mitch, I think if I took a straw poll of our team and asked them when they could play, you give us about a week, and I think we're ready to play football. The only thing we're missing right now is having had the pads on, getting our guys a little bit used to the contact, um, blocking and tackling a little bit. Um, we can be ready to play really quick. 
He was asked about what the energy has been like at these three practices that they've had so far with all of this distraction, this swirl of postponement being hanging around the heads of the program. And here was the coach's thoughts about the energy of the team. You know, I was worried about that this morning when I went out on the field. Um, Brought the team up at the beginning of practice and guaranteed them that they have people here in Lincoln that are fighting for them to play. Um, After that huddle with the team, um, we had one of the most passionate and energetic practices that I've been a part of. So uh, I told the guys afterwards I was happy for them uh, because guys that'll that'll give everything they have in a situation like that. Those are the type of guys I want on my team. That's nice to hear too. How many times have we heard that even just pre-virus, you know, we've, that was the message from the day that these coaches got on campus. We want kids that want to play football. We want kids that it's important to them. They want to be out there. You heard the three presumably captains up there speaking today with DCAP, with Adrian, with Matt, and we've heard countless others sound off on Twitter about it. This isn't something that they just feel obligated to do. This is something they want to do. And I think the coaches have done a great job of, you know, fitting that into what they want to do and what type of players they want to have. Here we are back for hour two on a Monday night on Sports Island. Hope you had a good weekend. Really didn't even get to talk about that. We had to launch out of the gate into all the news of the day after the Scott Frost press conference from today. But those summer weekends starting to trickle away from us as we get into August. Uh, coming up this hour, we'll have our weekend rewind. Ben hasn't put one of these together for some time, so looking forward to hearing what he has mixed up for us here. We'll also hear from some of the Husker players who were made available today. Adrian Martinez, Matt Farniak, and DiCaprio Boodle all continued on the press conference today. We'll play some of the clips from that for you later on in the hour. We'll also tell you about the Huskers Fanatic stores, which are back open again at PBA and also on the east side of the Husker football stadium. Love to get your, if you want to get caught up on your Husker gear, be a great little gift, send-off gift for a college incoming freshmen to make sure they've got some Husker gear to wear. We'll have that. We'll have our weekend winners coming your way this hour as well. Right now, though, let's get it all underway with the Rewind. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Oh, there's a cat. A black cat has taken the field. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way. And so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, near the 24-yard line. They've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. Now a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. Let's check out the highlights. Steven Jackson's David... Reggie Miller's looking good. He shoots a three, and it's good. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. It's the Weekend Rewind with Ben McLaughlin. Man, I even remember the last time I heard this open. (laughs) Five months ago, probably. Let's just, uh, let's look it up, shall we? The last Weekend Rewind I have saved... Was from <laughs> let's see March ninth, eighth. No, because we had um, let's see, it was in February. Oh yeah, it's, whoa, whoa. it's been it's been a significant amount of time. So we'll see if we remember how to do this. Friday didn't go so terribly with the preview, so 
If we can replicate that effort, we'll do all right. <laughs> Plenty of action this weekend to recap, starting first with the association on the hardwood. You've got some finals from this weekend. The Clippers beat the Blazers 122-117. It was Denver downing Utah 134-132 in overtime. T.J. Warren is on absolute fire right now for the Indiana Pacers. He paced Indiana with 39 points and a 116-111 victory over the Lakers. He is on absolute fire as the NBA season picks up. Also, final of note, Dallas beats Milwaukee 136-132. Luka Doncic, his 17th triple-double of the season. He good. Not terrible. Outplayed uh, Giannis 136-132. The final finals from Sunday was the Spurs beating the Pelicans 122-113. J.J. Redick, 31 points for the Pels, but not enough as the Spurs beat him. Damian Lillard powers through Portland with a 124-120 victory over the 76ers. 51 for Dame. Speaking of on fire, he is on another planet right now as he drops half a hundred on the Sixers. Joel Embiid hurt again. Surprise, surprise. So they're, so they're down Simmons and now Embiid? Yeah, Embiid's like a th- Holy good moly. for three to five games before he gets injured again. Brooklyn beats the Clippers 129-120, to 120, so Clippers split, Portland split uh, here this weekend. Moving on to the National Hockey League, it was Vegas over Colorado 4-3 the final, and the Flyers upset Tampa Bay 4-1. Don't like that uh, as that series gets underway. Boston, uh, they fell to the Capitals 2-1. Dallas beats St. Louis 2-1, and it was... Toronto and the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, dealing to a 3-0 shutout. So Leafs fans who have been suffering so long for so many years, hoping this year might be different with uh, with the results. Taking on Columbus, another team who uh, is trying to make a name for themselves. Blue Jackets win 3-0 and win that series three games to two. So sorry, Leafs fans. Got to wait another year. Maybe next year. Man, they, that has been a pretty bad franchise for so long. Tough deal there. Oh. Um, so, shoot, let's just uh, let's give you the matchups, shall we? The starting yeah. uh, next on Tuesday, you've got um, the Blue Jackets taking on the Lightning. The Flames will battle the Stars. Hurricanes and Bruins and the Blackhawks like in Vegas. Yeah, Flames are... I'm a Flames guy, yeah. You're jumping... So, <laughs> was it the Flames that we watched play? Yes. It was. The Coyotes and the Flames. Some of us watched the game, actually. Was it really the Flames? I thought it was a different team. Yes. It was Calgary. Okay. It was Calgary against Arizona. Well, I just Phoenix realized I should have been more of a Calgary fan because they were the uh, the Omaha Xarban Knights were the were the affiliate of the Flames. Oh, so, yeah. there's my tie-in right there, and I was rooting for the wrong Remember- team the whole time. We had a, a family right in front of our seats. They were Calgary fans. So yeah. It was easy to they, jump on board with them. There was tons of Flames fans everywhere. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I just absolutely could not believe it. Uh, so, yeah, this is the next round of games in the National Hockey League. Let's jump to some Major League Baseball news and notes over the weekend, shall we? The Kansas City Royals just dusted the Minnesota Twins right on out of Kansas City. Brady Singer Ooh. picks up his first Major League win yesterday. How about that, Greg Sharp? Team that... Looked like they didn't even belong on the same field as Detroit a few days earlier. Go and sweep the Twins right out of there. I saw quite a bit of that series. It was pretty good baseball all weekend long by the Royals. They cleaned up their defense. Their bullpen was outstanding. Their offense and now was that great. Ro- 
offense was really good. Now that rotation that Keller and Junis are back with Singer and Bubich, that's not a and Duffy, that's not a bad rotation they throw out there. And you're not having to have a bullpen day on your second day of the season like they did earlier this year. That was infuriating. Right. <laughs> it was. Anyway. Stay in the central, shall we? Zach Plezak with a scoreless start for the Indians. That wasn't the most newsworthy item for Zach Plezak this weekend. After his start, <laughs> he goes out partying in Chicago, sent home mm-hmm. by the team. Further updates, Mike Clevenger also goes out, as that's being reported with Zach Plezak. He was sent home in isolation, scratched from his start tomorrow. Adam Plutko, the third and forgotten member of that UCLA rotation with Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer still making it around in Cleveland. He'll start in his stead. How bad is this, though, Gray? Cleveland has got a guy in Carlos Carrasco who's battled leukemia and battled all these diseases, has two guys in his own rotation that can't stay healthy for his own sake. Imagine how you would feel if you're Carlos Carrasco and you've got two young bucks out there putting themselves before the team. When you're battling for your life for leukemia, they want to go out and party. Yeah, not not good, but it, it shows you how how serious a lot of these teams are taking this. And I know the Cardinals' situation's a mess, but the Marlins have picked themselves back up, and they're going, and the rest of the league is taking this seriously. I mean, all of a sudden, baseball's almost a third of the way through the 60 games. Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah. crazy how quickly that snuck up on us? And you saw what, it, what, the, what the reputations of the Marlins and the Cardinals did. They were the pinatas of the mm-hmm. league for the last and the Cardinals still are I mean you don't want to be the next team in that reputation so I think teams after those scares are definitely taking it a lot serious a lot more serious uh, we were starting to see a lot of rookies and, and first time major leaguers making their debuts one of those guys Joe Adela big time prospect for the Los Angeles Angels he was uh, given his major league debut late last week his first oops moment of the year, arguably the biggest oops moment that we'll see not only this year, but for years to come happen when he was in right field. A 1-1. Solak drives one in the air to right field. Adele back. He's at the track. Now backpedaling, reaches out. It's off his glove and over the wall. Holy smokes. A home run for Nick Solak that goes off of the glove of Joe Adele as he turned around about five feet from the wall in the middle of the warning track. So Joe Adele just barely gets onto the warning track, puts his glove about shoulder high, ball bounces off of his heel of his glove (laughs) over the fence for what then was scored a home run, but Elias goes back and changes the ruling to a four-base error for Nick Solak of the Texas Rangers. Whoops. You agree with the scoring change? Yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah. the play happen. It, yeah. it was a blatant error. It wasn't like he tried to rob the home run. It was an error to, to the fullest degree. He should have caught it. And unfortunately, Joe Adele's big major league moment, the first of his career, isn't a walk-off home run, isn't a game-saving throw. It's a home run that bounces off his glove and goes over the fence. Whoopsies. It happens, I guess. Let's stay in the AL West, shall we? And boy, did things get dicey out at OCO in Oakland between the Athletics and, you guessed it, the Houston Astros. 3-2. Look out. Curveball backed up on Castellanos and hit Laureano on the backside. And he's not happy. And now Laureano's barking a little bit. He's had enough. He's hit twice today. You can't blame him. Look, there's no intent. I, I understand that. But still, 
It just was a it was a bad look. And now Laureano's racing toward the Astros dugout. He's going after somebody, and he's tackled by several Astros. And now we have a real Donnie Brook, something that was completely frowned upon in 2020. And both teams are pushing and shoving each other in front of the Astros dugout, and it has not stopped yet. So much respect for me and now Ramon Laureano, uh, one of my new favorite players in the league. <laughs> the funniest part of this whole thing was, at, I don't know if you've seen the video, as he's getting hit, Maldonado, the catcher for Houston, gets in front of him. And Laureano, if, you know, if you're familiar with pitch grips, he's showing him how to throw a breaking ball with his fingers. And he's, he's like, this is how you do it. It was a 3-2 breaking ball, 78 miles an hour, that got him like in the ribs. That's an outfielder showing him showing up a major league yeah. pitcher on how to throw a breaking ball. It was hilarious. And then one of the guys on the bench for Houston starts barking, and he goes all Amir Garrett from the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, <laughs> the Reds against the Pirates from a few years ago, challenges the whole the whole team, the whole dugout. Laureano spoke on that today and said, I'm a man. I'm a freaking man. I don't back down from anybody. Yes, I let my emotions get the best of me, but – I won't ever back down. I'll take whatever punishment is handed to me. More accountability in that quote that has been taken the entire front office or clubhouse of Houston since the whole season unfolded. So we've got two of the four pictures on the Mount Rushmore of the season, Greg. We've got Joe Kelly occupying it from the Los Angeles Dodgers. And now we have Ramon Laureano, center fielder for the Oakland A's. There's two spots left. Anybody yeah. wants to come add their face to the wall? Has Joe Kelly's appeal been heard? I don't think it Well, he just landed on the DL uh, with like oh. an oblique strain or something like that. So I don't know how that works. Knocks I don't know. Out. I mean, you could just say, all right, but then you're wasting a roster spot if you're not putting right. him on the IL. So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, interesting stuff, to say the least, uh, that's happening out in Oakland. That was awesome. Wow. Good stuff. All right, uh, some news and notes for Major League Baseball. It was the weekend of of the injured list, of the IL. Some big-time names landing on there this weekend, starting first with our own Aaron Bummer, uh, straight yeah. biceps. They're being pretty hush-hush about his injury. They're not giving any timetable at all to his return. Uh, Madison Bumgardner back for the Diamondbacks. He's on the DL. He's had one good start this year for Arizona. He's on the DL. Mike Moustakis was out to a torrid start to the season for Cincinnati, but he battled an illness, had a wrist, and now a quad, and now a groin. He's on the IL. Giancarlo Stanton from the Yankees now on the IL. And, of course, Mike Soroka, the big one, Atlanta Braves starter on the IL with that torn Achilles. So a lot of big-time names headed to the injured list this weekend from Major League Baseball, so that's no bueno. Starting to see some Gee. some guys that are uh, that are headed to the list. But that's kind of a recap of what happened on the diamond this weekend. How about uh, we'll stay in California. We'll go from the AL West to the PGA Championship. What a day it was for golf. So many heavy-hitting names toward the top of the leaderboard. Dustin Johnson being one of them. Jason Day being another. You Bryson. name it. Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau, everybody's <laughs> favorite golfer, purposely left him off. Um, but it was a name that people better get familiar with that took it home. Yeah. Sings this one high into the air. Everybody tracking this as it heads to the left side for the green. It'll bounce once. It rolls onto the green and releases Colin Morikawa with maybe the shot of the PGA Championship. Starts the putter back. Slow roll toward the hole. It's in. All the volunteers have gathered around the 16th green as Colin Morikawa, driver to seven feet, 
7-foot putt for Eagle. He is at 13 under par for the championship with a two-shot lead and two holes to go. That name sounds. That guy sounds familiar. I think it may be Kevin Kugler. Heard his voice once or twice. Working for the fu- first time since March. <laughs> it was funny listening to the golf analysis all, all day on 17. Driver's not to play. Driver's not to play. Yeah. You got you to gotta lay up. Driver's been... You haven't even been in that better, that good a shape with driver off the tee. Well, Morikawa was like, "Hey, watch this, buddy." Um, yeah. Man, he he played awesome, played great. Um, Colin Morikawa wins the PGA. That was such a fun tournament to watch. A couple of different times with four or five holes to go, six players tied for the lead, and uh, Morikawa wins it by two at thirteen under. Twenty-three year old. Played college golf at Cal, so just pretty close to where this tournament was held. And boy, Ben, week in and week out, he's on that leaderboard. He has got a really smooth game. And he reminds me a little bit of what Spieth was doing a few years ago, but I think he's a little bit longer off the tee than Spieth, who can't get it going again. But uh, you're going to hear that name for a while. As young as he is, as composed as he is, that was an impressive win. That was a fun golf tournament. You're right. And how about it bleeding into prime time because of the yeah. West Coast tee times? That was kind of neat both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they bled into prime time. Also, CBS stirred the pot a little bit on Saturday. I don't know if you caught it, but Phil Mickelson came and sat in the tower with um, Jim Nance and Nick Faldo for a few holes. People kind of speculate, is, is Mickelson about ready to retire and become a golf analyst and maybe the new league guy for CBS? He was pretty funny. I listened yeah. for a while. He was pretty funny <laughs> sitting up there with Nance. And, 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 and by the way, having ha, have, being able to hear the golfers is just epic. A lot of the stuff oh. we can't repeat on the air. But Phil provided one of the best quotes ever with a hot mic, and it wasn't even bad. He smokes a drive right down the middle, just bombs. What does he call them, nukes? He calls them something weird. And uh, just shanked his second so bad to the right, like probably 20 yards right. And he's walking up, and he's got this disgusted look on his face, and he goes, well, at least the drive was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what we've been able to pick up on these mics over the last two months with golf is what anybody who plays does, right? I mean, everybody says those things. When you're out playing the Muni on a Saturday morning, you're saying the same thing those guys are saying. That's what makes it great. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) Talking to you, Justin Thomas. Yeah. Uh, It was good. Golf's going to take a lot of headlines over the next month. That was the PGA. They play tournament this week and then starts the FedEx Cup. you got the U.S. Open in the middle of uh, September, the Masters in November. You're going to hear a lot of golf stuff in the next couple of weeks. And their ratings have been huge, Ben. Big-time ratings uh, for them on TV. Awesome tournament. Yep, that's it. Good. Well done. And then a bonus, Ben, was when they brought some players up. And they brought... Three guys that you would, would think would be captains, DiCaprio, Boodle, Adrian Martinez, and Matt Farniak. And I texted you when I was watching. I'm like, I miss those guys. I miss seeing those guys and talking to those guys. Yeah, I, I, it's funny you texted me that because I, I literally had the same thought. It's like, man, I haven't talked to any of those guys in forever. It's just like I wanted to like go through the screen, high five, but it's like yeah. I, it's been so long. I mean, even our baseball guys too, you know, it, there was a highlight over the weekend of Jackson Hallmark and, and Luke Roskin was like, dang. And you even said the other day, like, I haven't even seen you in like <laughs> right. five months. It's like, man, what, what happened to my life? All these guys I'm seeing every day. And now it's just all, <laughs> I get highlights of, of them on Twitter and I get you through a zoom call every day. That's what I get. 
Yeah, that, that we're doing the show on Zoom. I've not been in the same room as you since March the 12th. Since the whole bombshell yeah. exploded. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> today's the 10th of August. It's been five months. Uh, Unbelievable. Nuts. How'd you feel like the players handled themselves today? Pretty good. And I knew they would get some tough questions. And, and um, I thought they handled themselves well. A lot of issues that are bigger than they are that they had to speak on and speak to, which isn't always fair, but comes with the territory. Um, thought they represented themselves great. I was really proud of DCAP for the way he handled the question about high school student athletes because, you know, DiCaprio is a guy that, that would never have been at Nebraska if it wasn't for those satellite camps. And he, he, he he's very proud of how far he's come from being a guy that um, – was known for just running fast and wasn't thought of as a division one football player. And that's why he opened eyes is because of his ability to run. Um, so I'm proud of him for telling that story. And, and he's the perfect one of those guys to, to, to speak that story. Cause Adrian Martinez is one of those guys that was noticed as a sophomore and mm-hmm. um, you know, could have gone anywhere. And, and Matt too, as a big lineman, I know he's not from a, a recruiting hotbed area, but uh, had his choice of where he wanted to go too. But uh, yeah, I thought overall they, they did great. Proud of Adrian. Adrian looks good. Got a lot of hair on both his face and his head. Um, got a ways to go to catch Matt Farniak, but he's he's doing his best. But overall, I thought they handled themselves pretty well, and that's a pretty good trio to go up and speak if you're Scott Frost. That must be a COVID haircut for Farniak. <laughs> yeah, sure looks <laughs> like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, Adrian Martinez was asked, uh, does he get a sense – what the fans want. Do the fans want to see college football? Here was his response. If we're talking just Nebraska, I know for a fact that people of Nebraska want to play. <laughs> I think that's uh, um, almost 100% if you asked our state and the city of Lincoln, um, our players, our staff, our community, we want to play football here. And I think across the country, um, I see that too. I see that from other schools. I see that from players. And I see that from from college football fans. They they want the game to continue. I think um, America. I think our country needs needs college football. Comments of the Husker quarterback there. Then the the players got asked about playing somebody other than Big Ten teams, which their head coach threw out as a possibility before they came into the room for that. Here was DiCaprio Boodle's thoughts about playing teams outside the Big Ten. After practice, I was kind of running around the locker room telling everybody we was about to join the AFC North. So, you know, we ready to play whoever. That's, <laughs> that's just kind of how, how we feel right here. Exactly. Right now. So whoever it is in front of us, you know, obviously we want to play. Uh, we want to play quality football. We want to play quality teams and stay safe at the same time. So, you know, if it's the AFC North, bring them to us. Lamar Jackson might have some fun uh, with with old black shirt defense, but man, <laughs> I love the attitude though. You know, I mean that's that goes back to what we were talking about earlier of guys that that love to play. And, and Decap, I mean, you you talk about a guy that just w- w- lays it all out there. I mean, there, there's been so many times where he's been out there playing. I was like, ooh, that was a pop. Who was that? And you see twenty three jumping out of the pile. And it's like, okay, didn't expect that out of you. You know, you mighty mouse, but. That th- th- him, Adrian. I mean, to go down the list, Cam Taylor, Britt, all those guys are are going to be known for you know their willingness, their ability to to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. And I believe Coach Frost wholeheartedly when he says this is the closest 
this this team's ever been is right now because uh, of guys like that and those representatives that were up there and those guys that are speaking out on Twitter the last few days. Matt Farniak was asked the same question about playing somebody other than a Big Ten team this year. Here was his response. We would love to be able to play in the Big Ten, but um, like that's where that's that's where we are. That's our conference. That's our home, and we want to be able to represent the Big Ten. But if if the Big Ten chooses to cancel, we're 100 percent open to playing whoever wants to play. And if if at the end of the day um, we get to play at the Big Ten, perfect. Like that's that's our home. That's that's our conference. That's our place. If for whatever reason they decide to cancel and we shift somewhere else. Uh, so be it. We, plain and simple, the message that we've always really trying to put out there is we just want to play football. We want to represent Nebraska and we want to show what we've been working for. Very reasonable take from Matt Farniak. No reaction from the league office to these comments today. They have not, they've not answered this. I think Nebraska got some help when Ryan Day was on College Football Live on ESPN this afternoon and he kind of said the same thing. We're going to explore every option to play in some games this year for the Buckeyes. And there will be strength in numbers. If Nebraska is not hanging out there by themselves with this thing, I think it will strengthen their case to kind of try to get some games on the schedule. What is that, four, six, eight? Ten? I don't know, but I think it strengthens their case if they're not the only league member to say that. And today with Ryan Day, the head coach at Ohio State, making those comments, Jim Harbaugh saying, making a plea that he thinks football can be played here in the fall, James Franklin took to Twitter this afternoon to kind of say the same things. And then an interesting tweet late this afternoon from Kirk Street, Ben, from ESPN, saying, to be clear, regarding Big Ten football and their impending announcement, they are looking to delay the start of the season, not cancel. Well, we haven't been – that's not what we've been getting hints of for the last three days. It was like, cancel, maybe try it in spring. I'm not believing anything anybody says until Kevin Warren decides to dig through his closet because clearly the megaphone that he uses is lost. Um, maybe it got lost in the move. He can't find it, but whenever he finds it, that's what I'll believe because this is just out, this is out, outrageous, and I, I don't know what to believe. Every time you refresh Twitter today, some, somebody was saying something different. Crazy, just crazy stuff. You coming. and I should start a rumor on Twitter and see how far it goes and how many people uh, it's, retweet it. It's almost like April Fool's Day has been going on for several weeks. Let's just make something up and see if it sticks and how many people we can get to believe it and buy into it. I think, I think we could go a long way. Really could. We're back on Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network and delighted to be joined by Karen Nielsen. She's the general manager of Fanatics here in Lincoln, the official apparel store of the Cornhuskers. And we just want to remind people that uh, I guess you're back. You're open, correct? If people want to come by and get some Husker gear, you, you are open on both locations. Is that correct? That is correct. We're open in our arena store and in our store in the stadium on the gate 18 on the east side. Very good. If people are nervous about coming in and shopping, how are, how are you taking care of how are you keeping everybody safe? Oh, we have a few different things we've implemented. One of the biggest things we're following state and local guidelines for capacity. So both locations we're sitting at a 50% customer capacity. Um, we are also have rearranged our stores. So we have plenty of room for social distancing. There's greater than six feet in between each of our fixtures. We've got plexiglass around our registers. We also offer complimentary hand sanitizer and face masks to every shopper walks in the door so everybody can feel comfortable coming in. 
Karen, I would imagine this would be a, a fairly busy week for you guys. Students are starting to come back on campus. I know the dorms open up later in the week. I would guess traditionally this would be a big, big week for you guys. Traditionally, yes, it would be very much, but I think some people are a little nervous to go shopping still. So with that being said, we have uh, implemented a few different options. We have curbside pickup, local delivery, and private shopping opportunities we wanted to make sure people knew about. They just need to give me a call at the store, and I can detail that out all out for them. Uh, and we just want to do what we can to make sure people can get their Husker gear in a safe manner so everybody can get what they need no doubt i mean everybody coming back to school they need they need that husker gear it's a great maybe graduation late graduation gift for somebody or send them off to college gift for somebody you talked about giving you a call what's the best what numbers are the best numbers to get a hold of you or someone that works in the stores it would be 402-904-5700 and call any time, and I'll call you back as soon as I walk in the door. I check my voicemail every day. Very good. What what kind of store hours are you holding right now? In our arena store, we are open Wednesday through Saturday from noon to 6 p.m. And in our East Stadium store, the one that's in the stadium at Gate 18, we're doing Wednesday through Friday from 12 to 4 Again, those private shopping opportunities, I can make that work pretty much any day of the week when we don't have open store hours. Okay. Well, so folks who may be coming to Lincoln, dropping off a student for the first time later in the week at the dorms, swing by. Uh, Gate 18 over there, open on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I know that's a lot of drop-off dates for students coming back onto campus and go pick up some Husker apparel and make sure you got those college students uh, geared up and ready for a, another year. Uh, I know that you mentioned to me earlier today you've got some, you got some nice Adidas shoes that, that people can come in and take a look at as well. Is that correct? They're actually going to be on their way. They're not quite here yet. We're anticipating them in September. But we do have the Nebraska Ultra Boosts that are scheduled to come to us. So check those out here in about a month. Very good. Okay, so you're open uh, at at the arena, Pinnacle Bank Arena, and also Gate 18, and that's on the east side of the stadium. Is that right? That's correct. That new roundabout they put in, um, I think it was last year, coming through that roundabout, and you can park there temporarily and come on in. Very good. Karen, again, one more time for the phone number for folks if they want to just do a order or order with you and then come by and pick it up. What, what, how, give them that number one more time. Phone number is 402-904-5700. Fantastic. Karen Nielsen from Fanatics, the official apparel store for the Cornhuskers, two locations, one at Pinnacle Bank Arena, the other one in the east side of the stadium. Karen, thank you so much. It's going to be great to have some students back on campus, and let's hope you, let's hope you sell some merchandise in the next couple of weeks. Yes, I hope so, too. Thank you so much for having me on. Karen Nielsen of Fanatics joining us on our Sports Sunday Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Phone line open again, 531-500-4686. If you want to dot us up with a comment or question, time to still put you on the program before the end of the hour. We'll come back, take some calls, and give you our weekend winners next. Welcome back, Sports Island here on a Monday night. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you, Tim Curran, back in our broadcast studios, 531-500-4686, the number to dot us up 
with a comment or question, or you can send us a text on that very same line. I uh, got a text from a gentleman that said, I would like to see Nebraska play a full 10 games. Could they knock it down to 7-8? and eight? No spring ones if no fall football. How many other sports teams would be forced to cancel or fold? Um, yeah, I, I think that there are people in the Big Ten that just think, kick this thing to the spring. We have a better chance of doing that. Scott Frost was asked about the spring and just said he didn't really think that's a possibility. I, I think that's really asking a lot of your of your football athletes to play a spring schedule, Ben, and then come back next fall. I think you can do that in some sports, volleyball, soccer, that aren't as physically taxing. I just don't know that you can do that in football. Well, and to me, the the most obvious is, and, and Coach Frost addressed this, who's to say the same issues that we're talking about now from preventing the season happening aren't still there in the spring? I mean, right. I, I don't know. I just – too many unanswered questions. And, you know, if, if you're canceling the season now because of these reasons, you're probably going to have those same reasons come up in, in March. Doug and Malcolm was the one who threw us that text. Appreciate that, Doug. Thanks for using our new U.S. cellular text line there. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, you get into the winter months, you're gonna you're gonna also add into the mix. Still, COVID's gonna be around, but then that's gonna be the height of the influenza season. So then you're gonna have that to deal with. So, which as we've talked before, that's always been a big problem for basketball teams is that the flu bug goes through a locker room. And then they get guys knocked out. Huskers have dealt with that the last couple of years on the hardwood. You're going to mix that in with COVID, and it could be just really messy in the months of January and February. So how do you get spring? So spring has never made sense to me, even though we've had people, including Hondo Carpenter from Spartan Nation, who was floating that balloon at us uh, last week about that as well. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. The next couple of days are going to be wild. I know the Big Ten chancellors and presidents are meeting yet again, even maybe even have a call tonight about this. So it's it's constantly changing. Things are constantly swirling around. Kirk Kerbsweet's tweet this afternoon about they're not going to cancel, just going to postpone. Uh, I don't know. It's just, just crazy stuff. All right, let's get into weekend winners. Why don't you lead us off? Who, who caught your eye over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think my uh, my obvious winner is Ramon Laureano for the way that he handled his business on uh, on on Sunday yesterday against the Astros. I I'm always going to give special shout outs to those baseball players that aren't afraid to uh, speak their mind or act a particular way. But I think overall, if if it's got to be plural and winners, it's just got to be the golfers yesterday. That um, I mean, all of them who. We're in contention for the lead at some point. Just provided such great entertainment on a Sunday. Uh, just an outstanding golf tournament yesterday. Great drama, wasn't it? Really was. When you had six, seven guys tied for the lead with nine holes Every to play. Every shot mattered. Yeah, it was pretty cool cool stuff. All right, Mr. Curran, what do you have for us? Yeah, I would, I would second what Ben had to say whenever you watch Jose Altuve struggle and uh, watch the Astros get beat. That's a good stuff. And also Colin Morikawa, his trophy lift uh, gave me a smile. He almost spilled the thing as he lifted it up. Uh, but my weekend winner comes from the world of ice hockey. One of the things this pandemic has given me is given me an appreciation for the NHL, something I probably would have been tuning in regularly for um, on other circumstances. But I've been kind of strangely engrossed by uh, the, the, the kind of quasi-playoffs they got going on the round robin. I was watching the Blue Jackets and Maple Leafs. So my winner of the weekend of the Blue Jackets for finishing out that series against Maple Leafs, I don't know if you guys saw this on Friday, but the Maple Leafs were down three-zip. They tie it up. They scored two goals in a crazy amount of time in the third period. They get the winner in overtime. Blue Jackets turn around and hand the Leafs a 3 nothing loss. So strangely enough, uh, I, I am starting to get the, the hockey bug a bit. 
Uh, so my Columbus Blue Jackets, my weekend winner. Are they? Is it sixteen left now? They were at twenty-four. Did we eliminate eight? And we're, we're at, does that sound right? Yep, I think yeah. so. That's correct. Okay, and I would guess this round will be best of fives as well. You can't go best of sevens yet. I would think it's going to be best of fives through this round. Tampa's got a shot, don't they, Ben? they got a chance to win the yeah. cup. Yeah, I think they're slowly getting away. I mean, they had a dominant regular season, but, yeah, we'll just see. They're not known necessarily for their playoff prowess. They've had made a couple of runs, but no cups yet. All right, my winner. The Kansas City Royals have won four in a row. They sweep the Minnesota Twins over the weekend. They played really good baseball. It was high-quality baseball, good defense, pretty solid pitching. Uh, the Royals are one of the top home run teams in baseball right now, which is just crazy. They've been pounding the ball out of the ballpark. They've been fun to watch. Not often you can name a Royal. The Royals is a winner of the week, so I jumped on this and threw that out there right now. They've been they've been kind of fun to watch. I've lo- I have watched, and I know you have too, Ben. Just a ton of baseball since they've uh, they've come back. Because I think part of me was thinking, I don't know how long this is going to last. I better better soak up as much as I can while they're out there playing. Yeah, it's been a pretty spectacular amount of baseball that I've watched and consumed over the last <clears throat> couple of weeks. But I love it, and hopefully it doesn't go anywhere anytime soon. All right, uh, let's recap that, that press conference we heard earlier today. Um, one, I, I didn't know that it would happen. We, we had a call. All of us were on a call this morning, and we were all kind of going, I, I, I don't know that he's going to talk. I think Purdue had announced earlier this morning that their players and coaches were off limits for the foreseeable future. Iowa pulled their team off the practice field at 11 o'clock this morning. And then there he was. Scott Frost at 1.30 said he wanted to go through the press conference, and he was loaded for bear. He, he came prepared for that, Ben, and I think it really made a lot of Nebraskans proud. Yeah, I think so, especially – Judging by the poll that that we put out on uh, on Husker Sports, um, I mean, I just feel like the overwhelming majority. It's at eighty seven point two percent think it's wow. safe to have a college football season. I think uh, for those eighty seven percent, assuming that's that's about the same percentage of of a number, made Husker fans feel the same way as you and I. I think to have that big powerful voice to take a stand where everyone's kind of blowing in the wind with their opinions these days that wasn't the case coach frost planted that flag and said this is what we stand for this is what we believe in this is how we've handled it this is what we want to happen i think there are there's a lot of husker fans that are feeling the same way we do which is pretty proud today also, I, I noticed that uh, Notre Dame is. I mentioned Notre Dame is back on campus. They, that, that, it's a small, it's a private school, so it's not a huge student population. I think they have twelve thousand students. They tested every one of their students, Ben, and it came back ninety nine point seven percent were negative. So they only had just a handful of students test positive. That's a good start for that. And, and you know, over the weekend, and this is an argument that's been being put out there even today is if students are coming back on campuses across the country and yet you're 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 telling us we can't play sports it's kind of a it, it's contradictory to those things my other winner of the week is high school football a bunch of practices started today around the state a couple of schools even had those 12:01 a.m. practices last night that was fun to see i saw some some of the schools up in the omaha area had the lights on at their stadium last night and we're out on the practice field at 12:01 you know that there was a lot of excitement for those schools to get out and have their first official practice for the upcoming high school football season heck yeah i mean and especially those that um 
have had theirs canceled. Uh, a lot of their friends, I'm sure, you know, in other schools and other districts that have had their seasons canceled. And I'm sure there was a whole new appreciation for being able to put a helmet on with your school's logo on the side of it um, for, for the, at least the time being to go out there and practice. I'm sure there was a whole lot of uh, appreciation for those players that, that they were given that opportunity yesterday and probably will continue to have that as long as they're able to play. Ben, you surprised me. I thought maybe you would throw Jackson Hallmark out there as your winner of the weekend. <laughs> well, kind of take away from Luke Roscom if that was the case. If anybody needed to be Colby <laughs> Gomez for that Whoa. absolute rocket nuke that he hit for Tulsa, may give Coach – you know he's going to carry that with him. I mean, we're never going to hear the end of that. Anytime Nebraska's struggling offensively, 34 is going to throw his arms up and go, I can do that. You know who needs to bust us out of the slump? I do. I can I can knock this out of the ballpark. You and I were talking about this today too. I mean, a lot of those Husker baseball players have played baseball all summer long. Northwoods League, the league that's here in Nebraska and South Dakota. Uh, Kobe's been down in Tulsa playing for the Drillers down there. Uh, Kate Povich is playing in the league with the Savannah Bananas. I mean, those kids have been out playing baseball all summer. That's kind of gotten lost on this yeah. whole discussion of whether these kids can can compete athletically right now. No doubt. Yeah. Good hour. Again, Fanatics open again. Both their PBA location and the one on the East Stadium. Go get your latest Husker garb for your incoming student to Nebraska. Nice present.